Welcome to Girls with Dogs, a podcast by two dear friends who bonded over their love of dogs and blogging. We used to have these chats each week, now we record them for you. Thanks for joining us this week, and now on to the madness. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode with Girls of Girls with Dogs. This is Kimberly, the blogger behind Keep the Tail Wagging. I'm here with my dear, dear friend, Kathy, the blogger behind Groovy Golden Doodles, and we are Girls with Dogs. After dark on our wind down Wednesday. Oh, look at you adding to it. I and know, we are right? here with our dear, dear, dear third core host, um, Dr. Suzanne Craig, who's going to talk to us about medical stuff. So let's get We're into gonna it. We're going to talk about medical stuff. First of all, how is everybody doing? Pretty good. Yeah. What, yep. what was your win today? Everybody share a win. <laughs> A win today. Ooh, I did a, a Facebook one. Live. I yeah. saw you. Yeah, you I'm were trying late. to. You were tardy. I was. I'm trying to do a Facebook Live on a weekly basis to ask questions or ask questions well, to let answer me just questions. Explain something to you. <laughs> I know that your social media um, is much larger than mine. But you are not Oprah. You can't continue to be tardy to your own party. <laughs> Ooh. I oh had to. Goodness. Today was rough because traffic was horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So See? I'm not going to do it at noon anymore. I think I'm going to make them Thursdays at 1 p.m. I think that's a better time. I've been trying different times each week to see what w- works better with my schedule. And so. Okay. So you heard it, folks. Every Thursday, she's going to try to come on at 1. I think it's safe for you to log in at one fifteen. You won't have missed anything. <laughs> what about you, Dr. Craig? What was your win? Uh, my Ooh. win today was I just completed some tasks that were on my little checklist. One, 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 and one. I'm there. One and done. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all not going to ask me about I'm sorry. What is your win, Kathy? <laughs> Hot damn. Jackson, I made history today. We started our dental clinical trial. Oh, I did six, you? Had a six-year-old boy that had a cleaning and two fillings. Yeah. And I was jealous because I didn't realize that they give nitrous. And Suzanne had to explain to me about that. But did you know that they have a choice of flavors? Great no. and sassy strawberry. Yes. Wow. I was so impressed. And I want to be a kid again because, (laughs) you know, I felt sorry for the kid, you know, that that you got to lean back. And then remember, they give you that stick with that nasty stuff on to numb your gum. And I'm thinking, oh, God, here it comes. It's going to be the screaming and Jax isn't going to know what to do. You know, the light that they pull down over you. Mm hmm. (laughs) How about that has an extension arm to it for what? Movies? And iPad fully loaded with what? Movies. Children's movies. Yep. When she got ready to inject him with the Novocaine, he was so into Paw Patrol or whatever he was watching. <laughs> really? I was like, look at this. I was impressed. But yes, so that was our win today. We started the trial and I'm super excited. So everybody out there, if you have a small child, start demanding for a therapy dog in the operatory room because it's going to become a, a thing for every child across the country. So yeah, that Congratulations. was Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we're looking forward to that being a thing. 
a thing. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. So listen, while we're talking about dentists, um, Jax went to his um, vet, the other vet, Suzanne, your friend. Shh. What? About the, the other, other vet? vet. Really? <laughs> you, were, oh you were not goodness. here. You were not here and I needed to get his therapy registration renewed. <laughs> However, she gave me a talking to about oh, no. one, of, yes, yes. one of his molars had a little bit of tata. So um, I went back and, you know, she mentioned a product that I had used for years mm-hmm. with Harley and Jackson. Mm-hmm. And um, I had stopped for some reason and I don't know why. Plaque off. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Okay. So I went back to giving him the plaque off and um, man, I may just drive him by and tell her, check out the molar. But <laughs> because the the plaque is almost off. And um, wow. but, you know, everybody talks about February being canine dental health month. And um, so what I wanted to talk to you about is. Is it feasible and possible for a dog? Now, I kind of know the answer in my house, but is it possible for a dog to go its entire life without having to have a professional teeth cleaning? It is possible. There are plenty of dogs out in the world that have not had it done. But is it a good thing? Absolutely not. <laughs> they really should have their teeth cleaned on a, on a routine basis. Um, some can, some uh, the smaller dogs, they actually need to have their teeth professionally cleaned pretty routinely. Um, larger dogs, they're doing things outside, so they're able to knock some of that plaque and things off. But those smaller dogs with those tiny little teeth, they actually need to get their teeth professionally cleaned. But even, okay, so two questions. You say routinely. Mm-hmm. Can you quantify routinely, annually, three times in a lifetime? What? And I know all of this is suspect on in, in terms of what the teeth look like. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, um, you know, people get down in a dog's face. <laughs> and if the dog doesn't breathe on you and knock you off your feet. Oh, my goodness. And, um <laughs> And there isn't a whole lot of visible plaque and tartar. I mean, is that a possibility? Or are you saying at least if the teeth look like really, really good, you're saying what, every five years that a dog needs to have their teeth clean? And before you answer that, the Mm -hmm. second part to my question, and then I'm (laughs) going to let Kimberly in because she's chomping at the bit to talk. Um, she's going to get into her raw bones and her rabbit brain. I mean, her rabbit. No, I'm not. Rabbit brains. Rabbit skull. Um, but my, my other question, part B to that is, doesn't, isn't it true that diet plays a major role in, um, the health of the teeth overall? Diet plays a major role in the health all over. Teeth, uh, intestines, everywhere, heart, all of it. So that's very important. Um, so there are some animals, some dogs who have to have their teeth cleaned annually. 
it's kind of sad, but I've seen that. And then there's others that can go every two years, some that can go every three years, some that can go every five years. So sadly, there's not just one rule. Um, the dentistry, human dentistry, they recommend for humans every six months. That might be a bit much for most dogs. Why are we so, as a pet family society, we're so afraid of um, the anesthesia. The anesthesia. A lot of people say, you know, I just, I, I, I don't think the teeth are that bad. I, I don't want to put, you know, fufu under. And, um, you know, is it that dangerous? Anesthesia is dangerous, but there are good anesthetics out there that we could control. Um, gas anesthesia typically uh, is something that we can control um, with older dogs. We use injectables followed by gas anesthesia. So it can be done very safely in even older dogs. And all veterinarians don't do dental care, do they? They should. Um, but this is my opinion <laughs> that um, there are some veterinarians who would rather Outsource? refer them. Yeah. Yeah. Refer them to another veterinarian to do the work. In fact, at our clinic, we've had some referrals where individuals didn't want to, uh, to sedate the pet. Mm -hmm. And we were able to go ahead and sedate very safely, nice, smooth, going to sleep, nice, smooth recovery, wonderful, uh, event uh, for that dog and to have those beautiful smart sparkling white teeth and we polish them after we do the dentistry so kimberly do your dogs have regular teeth cleaning no um they do have regular wellness appointments so my dogs go in every year to have mm -hmm. a wellness appointment and part of that is looking at their teeth um, one thing that I've learned is that it's not just so much how the teeth look, but it's also the gums because you can have gorgeous teeth and stuff can be happening under the gum line. And I think sometimes people focus so much on the teeth. Mm -hmm. They don't think about, you know, the fact that the gums are looking a bit angry. And that's something that I'd be even more concerned about. And how long has that been going on and what's going up into the the jaw line and, and things like that. So um my dogs, they go and take a look at their teeth. Zoe, who's 10, her, she had a teeth cleaning. She had two teeth that had stuff that went under the gum line. So she, I actually just take her, um, the manager of my vet clinic is also a good friend of mine. So I'll just find out like, when are you going to be in and take her in like right when they open a few times a year, just to have her monitor the inside, those gums. And then I do special things for Zoe. Well, all the dogs benefit from it, but I do it for Zoe where there's um, so many different things. One thing is there's a product called Teef, T-E-E-F, where um, I add that to their water and it's supposed to help build the oral microbiome so that the, the dog's natural saliva and everything is cleaning up the tartar and or cleaning up the bacteria before it for, starts forming tartar. Um, there's another product called One TDC, which is an anti-inflammatory, but you put it to the mouth, and so it works on the gums and keeps everything going there as well. 
you know, it's funny because, yeah, as a raw feeder, I'm supposed to be here and I'm supposed to say, oh, I give my dogs raw meaty bones. They don't have any problems because their teeth are gorgeous. But I, I've, I'm so tired. <laughs> I told someone today that once I turned 50, some things just started changing. Oh and my. Now, now that I'm marching towards 53, I am just, my level of give a damn is just about this much. And I'm sh- an inch. I have an inch of give a damn. And that leaves a lot of room for blatant honesty. And the true thing about it is that, yeah, feeding dogs raw meaty bones can make a difference to dental health, but that's not across the board. That's like saying feeding raw prevents cancer. It's not across the board. If you have a dog that just has bad teeth, um, if you have a dog that doesn't, you know, you don't give them the right bones or you don't give them bones a lot. I mean, there are people out there that think just the fact that there's ground bones in their dog's diet that's mm-hmm. going to do something to the teeth. And it's not, you know, and if you don't have a, if you're afraid to feed bones or if you don't know which bones are a good fit for your, I mean, it took me a long time to find the right bones for my dogs where I felt comfortable with them eating those bones. And even then after I've been feeding raw for almost 11 years, I still don't leave my dogs alone with bones. I would never give my, like bones or chews. I don't give them and then walk out the door. I sit there and I monitor and make sure everybody's doing okay. And one thing that I found is that, you know, some of that stuff, it leaves residue in the mouth and it can, you know, if not brushed away or washed away, it can lead to um, buildup. So it it is a task that I don't think I took seriously enough during mm. the first, you know, I guess I would say nine years of having dogs. Um, and thankfully, my dogs didn't pay for it with bad dental health. Um, I think that, you know, I was doing all kinds of different things, you know, to to protect my dog. But I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't vigilant about it the way I am. Hey, Bella. Bella's in the house. <laughs> I wasn't vigilant about it as I am, like, with their diet. And... um because of Zoe, I am now more vigilant about it. I take it a lot more seriously. Hi. Yeah. So there are the opportunity to, of course, brush teeth. Um, there's the opportunities to add things to the water. Uh, there's uh, other uh, chew things that that can be given to dogs. Um, Playology. <laughs> <laughs> No, and everything has like these, these like pros and cons, because there's all these chew toys out there Mm -hmm. that you can give to your dogs. But then also, if your dog is chewing them hard enough, if it's made of plastic, how much of that is your dog consuming? And how long, how often should you replace it? I mean, I remember I gave my dog this one chew toy, this is 100 years ago, and they would chew it into like a shank. Like, it didn't take long, it would turn into a little sharp Little was, those were the antler ears. Remember when we went oh, those to were one awful. of those blog posts? <laughs> we went to one of those blog post conferences mm-hmm. and that was the craze. And you're right. It was like a hundred years ago. Yeah. And we all ran and we were buying these antler ears. And I remember you showed it to me and I was like, God, what prisoner do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it's like we, we take these things for granted. I'm because I'm doing these weekly lives. 
everyone expects a list of something. What are the list of bones I can give to my dog? And I was like, it depends on your dog's age, your dog's size, your dog's chewing style, your dog's dental health at the moment. That I mean, is, it, it, it say depends it again, on girls. Say it again. I mean, it just there. <laughs> There is no rule for it. I mean, and exactly. I I don't tell people what to do. I tell you what I do, but I don't tell other people what to do because it's like, I don't know your dog. There and- is no one size fits all. No. Nope. Not and at that's all. what I think. And speaking ahead, about Sarah. bones, um, you those short bones with the hole in the middle? The marrow. Or the marrow. Yeah. I have personally anesthetized dogs to get the bone from stuck from the mouth. So we've had yeah. two cases and I've been open four years. I've, at our I've, I've seen pictures of that and I do have marrow bones. They are actually in the freezer and someone actually, I know someone that owns a company here locally that makes them. Mm-hmm. And um, she brought a huge, she owns also owns a pet store and she brought a huge box of them, called me up and said, Hey, meet me at the pet store. I'll give you as many as you want. Mm-hmm. And we sat on the floor in this box as I'm going through and finding anything that has a hole that's going to be smaller than my dog's jaw. Well, Zoe has the smallest mouth, mm-hmm. smaller than her jaw, because I don't want her jaw to get into that hole. And even then with those, because, you know, technically they're weight bearing bones. Um, two of my, Well, they're all very good about getting the marrow out and chewing off the whatever remnants of meat are on it. But the mm-hmm. second they start trying to chew into that bone, they come away because it's too hard. And I don't want to have to deal with the fracture because that's another thing is dogs will live with pain. And by the time I realize something bad is gone, maybe there's an now an abscess, something that could have been fixed quickly, but I didn't notice it because they hid it from me. And because I'm feeding a raw diet, although I think it's perfectly safe If my dog has an injury in their mouth, I don't want that bacteria getting in there. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I, I, I mean, I, and it's funny because I know there are people out there that don't agree with that, you know, because raw is king, but it's really, you know, with like with anything else, it's like, we have to have some discernment because, you know, ultimately it's our dogs and dental care, it can be expensive when gone wrong. Exactly. Well, I don't do the, exactly. the marrow bones. It has nothing to do with the bone and the splitting and the fracture. It's because you have I, a white dog. I can't handle the <laughs> marrow and stuff all in them teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I got it's black dogs. So once they have marrow bones, I there's no knowing. There's no... But you were talking about, yeah, I give rabbit heads. Um, they're air dried rabbit heads. I can't yeah. do I can't do fresh I can I can barely do fresh rabbit feet. It mm. but when it's air dried, it doesn't feel real to me. But, but my know, dogs love it. But I don't think you, that they're clean. When you their were feet. talking about, you know, people wanting to have you give them a list, mm-hmm. I think especially topics like this. I want everybody to understand that what's going to work for Kimberly doesn't always work for me and vice versa. It's just, I mean, the only thing we can do, I'm still at that point where, you know, I feel sorry for Jack sometimes because (laughs) his toy um, library is very limited because he kills everything. 
I mean, he just tears it up. The jolly balls that we got for Christmas from Big Barker. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. He is. <laughs> and here's why. You They're know flat. how the jolly really? balls. Really? They're uh, flat. No, they're not flat. Kimberly's going to go get one. She's always my display person. Look at this. Not that one. That one, the blue one. That handle, gone. Really? And so my biggest problem is (laughs) I'm afraid as he's destroying it that he's going to end up ingesting Mm -hmm. pieces of the plastic, which I can't. You yeah, know, that would um, be a problem or it could be a problem. It it, it would be a problem. So when he mm-hmm. starts, his whole thing is when I get it, my my function in life is to kill it. And even if it's not alive, I'm going to pretend it is and I'm going to kill it. But what I found works really well. So Snook makes some um, of oh, those sweet potato things, dehydrated right. sweet potatoes, but they have. Some that are relatively thick, almost like a quarter um, inch thick, round with a hole in the middle. And they come on, you probably get 10 on a big, heavy piece of twine. So I usually take them off the twine and it takes him a while to eat it because it's so thick. But that's what he eats when I'm at work, when I'm working up here on the podcast. I have to be with him. Because sometimes I have to watch and make sure he's not trying to swallow a big piece. Or Mm. sometimes it sounds like he's going to crack his tooth. That's always my biggest fear. Mm. But once the sweet potato gets wet because he's had it in his mouth, then it crumbles a lot. But there are so many products that I can't give him. What is it? Those, remember those, what are they called? The, um, oh, the, the, they're, they're milk things, the Himalayan chews. Can't do that. Those are too hard. Yeah. And and it's just sort of, and it, the thing about with the dogs I have now, they're just not interested in those, but Rodrigo was my power chewer. And there was just something where he was going to destroy it. And I was always so afraid that he was going to break a tooth. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, like I, I no longer give my dogs bully sticks because I worry about them swallowing that last little bit. And even though there are holders you can use, um, the... There are so many other things that I can give them safely that I don't have to put into a holder that I just don't want to. But what you were saying about the sweet potatoes, um, I get these cow ears uh, from Real Dog Box and Zoe can't have a cow ear because she takes so long for her to go through a chew that the other two are already done. And even though they're not bothering her, the second she feels like someone might come and take it from her. I worry that she'll just try to swallow it real quick Mm. to keep it away from the other one. So now when I give each dog chews, I give them chews based on their chewing style. So Apollo, he gets the biggest, toughest chew because even though he'll chew it well, but he can go so fast with the smaller ones, but a, a big, tough one, he'll finish the same time that Zoe finishes a real light chew. And um, and everyone's safe and everyone's still in their spot. And I don't have to worry about anyone choking on something. <laughs> so they um, don't try to steal each other's uh-huh. chew. Yep. Oh, the episodes of the, the chew. All right, mm-hmm. Suzanne, we're going to switch gears, but we're always going to let you have the last summary um, on the subject. So what is it that you would tell everybody in terms of, what would I call 
um, in-home dental care for their dogs? So there are several things that you could do. You can um, add uh, uh, stuff to the water. Mm-hmm. And it's good for all the pets, all uh, the dogs and the cats. They can both drink the same water, just by the way. And that'll help uh, use enzymatic ways of breaking down some of that plaque and preventing it from building up on the teeth. Uh, of course, there's the chews that will help knock that plaque off the teeth. And uh, of course, you can brush the dog's teeth. That is something that... Yeah. We definitely recommend. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to add the plaque off because it really makes a difference. Yeah. Right, I and that, that's added to the water, right? No, to the food. Oh, it's added to the food. Oh, oh yeah. That's nice. That's nice. Is um, that something that's easy for a lot of people to do? Yep. Because well, I, yeah. I, I do um, also the, well, I told um, Kathy about this. I don't know. If, do you, did you ever use the mad about organics to spray? Oh no. Jax doesn't like it being sprayed in his mouth. Right. No. Au contraire. That was Harley. We do that oh. spray because I don't want him to make anybody faint at work. So that's what we do <laughs> as we exit. And uh, no, Jax actually does that thing. It gets good to him. If I do the left side and then by the time I do the right side, he does like this. But um, the reason why I like the plaque off, it comes in a powder, but then it also comes in, I don't know, it's kind of like granulated, um, if you will. But, oh, they have soft chews, Kimberly. I know how you feel about soft chews. Yeah, not fan. <laughs> Marine algae. Um, omega fatty acids. It's got some seaweed. It's just, I don't understand how it works, but it works. Yeah. And that's just it. That's to me, that's what it comes down to. If it works for your dog, it works for your dog. I think too often we lean on social media and a community of strangers to tell us what we should and shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it. It's great to have feedback and see what other people are doing. But I have learned that if something is working for my dogs, I can't be bothered with what some person in another state has to say about what I'm doing. No, I and- just, I found it funny because that's what, um, the vet said, she said, you know, I have a lot of um, people that come in here and they say that they use plaque off. And I was like, God, I said, it's in, my, it's in their closet. And I don't know when I kind of forgot about it. So I was really excited. Yeah. That was one I do. last thing I had to purchase. You know what that feels like? Yes, I do. Feeling. I mean, I like the idea of dental chews. I just don't think that they work because it's it, like they're just eating it and well, um, if they're enzymatic, they actually might be able to work. Okay. Okay. See, and that's because it's For like large it, dogs, it just feels though, like they're a... not cost effective. Right. They're yeah. not cost effective at all. And then your dog gets hooked on it like somebody from the wire on a crack. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, <laughs> it is an option for people who have dogs. It's like, my dog will not let me brush his teeth. My dogs will not drink something that I put in the water. My dogs will not do, you know, if I put, mix something in their food, they can smell it. And they're like, nope, I'm not eating that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's something for everyone. And, and you, you know. and you actually bring up a great point. It, it, it makes a difference depending on your particular dog and 
your activity with your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody can brush their dog's teeth. And yeah. not everybody is willing to do it on a routine basis either. Yeah. Yeah. I and have a little dog switch Before we switch topics about the toothbrush, because I just go to the store and buy a child size soft toothbrush. And is that acceptable? That is acceptable. Just don't be too hard on the mm-hmm. on the teeth and, and use a doggy toothpaste. Yeah, I do have that. I got one last year. At, there you go. Um, okay. When, when Zoe had her teeth cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to kind of go over what happens when we do a dentistry, we do a sedation, we take dental x-rays. Mm. So we actually are looking underneath the gum and we take it all the way from the back, all the way around. And then we do the bottom jaw all the way from the back, all the way around. And uh, we look at them to make sure there's nothing going on that you can't see visibly in the mouth. Then we clean the teeth. And if any teeth need to be removed, that's done during that time. And then you ended up with a, a polish of the teeth. No Just wonder to kind of go over so what happens. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense, though, because I didn't I didn't really I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't really think about the x-rays. Yes. Yeah. So that happens as well. And I noticed we didn't talk about that before, but yes, we do take dental x-rays. Yeah, that's good to know. Okay. As a timekeeper, I want to thank you on our first chapter of dental hygiene for dogs. (laughs) Now we're going to move over to chapter number two, which is tell us, tell us, is it true that the number one health issue with dogs um, in this country now is obesity. Is that true? So if you Google it, it does pop up as the number one health problem. Um, but of course there are things that contribute to that. And part of it is, um, individuals. And so these are the humans. (laughs) They're loving on their dog so much and and their love language with their dog happens to be food. Mm Mm-hmm. And the dog's love language is food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they, and then they, you know, they sit there in anticipation and blink their beautiful eyes and they say, Oh, please feed me. So, um, there's so many. You uh, all learn this in veterinary school. I'm having horrible flashbacks of the lecture I got last week. And it was all about two pounds. I said, well, how much, that's what you, you know, and I know the love language is food. And- <laughs> <laughs> I think that's because you guys, you're in the South. So how much <laughs> everyone in the South has a love lose. language of food. Go down South and everyone wants to feed you. <laughs> he only needs true. to lose two pounds. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. not too, well, if, if it's a, if it's a 10 pound dog, that's a lot. <laughs> Yep. But well, it's so funny because um, I actually have an at-home scale for my dogs. I got it off of Amazon years ago because I got tired of loading the dogs into the car and taking them to the vet to use their scale. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just have one and I weigh my dogs once a month. I have a calendar that I track everything with my dogs. Wow. They have their own planner and I track like their meals just in case someone gets sick. Um, I can track it back to a diet change. Like for instance, the dogs tried a new 
food. Someone sent me some of their food. So my dogs tried it today. I'm going to write that in the calendar. They tried this today. And if over the next couple of days, I see loose stool diarrhea, it's like, oops, that food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but anyway, I weigh my dogs. And one thing that I've learned to do, and I'm curious to know how many people really think about this, is I feed less food in the winter than I do in the summer because we're less active. I mean, we still go on walks. We still, um, you know, we're still outside, but in the summertime, we're outside all the time. You know, we're going places and we're doing, you know, but in the wintertime, it's just sort of like the days are shorter. I have to work. And by the time I'm finished working, it's starting to get dark. So all we have time for during the day is maybe a walk or two but we don't really have a whole lot of time for them to go out someplace and just start running and, and playing. And cause I've, I've actually last weekend, my, uh, I was going to get a sniff spot, rent somebody's property and take my dogs to that property. So they can have that dog park feeling, but without the other dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized why well, pay for this when I have friends that have 15 acres so I called up my girlfriend and was just like, do you mind if I use your property as my dog park? And she was like, yeah, come on up. So I drove up to her property. When I got up there, she opened the door and let her dogs out. So I had six dogs with me and I just wandered <laughs> around her property for a couple hours and it wore my little pack out. It was perfect, but they don't, I would love for them to get that type of thing on a daily basis. But since they don't, I feed them less food to avoid the winter weight gain. Do you eat less food in the winter? Yep. I don't. (laughs) No, in my head, I'm saying, well, I ain't coming out there in the winter. (laughs) Or maybe I should. I could lose more than two pounds. Um, Yeah, I don't. Maybe because, Suzanne, we don't have that kind of winter. that Well, and Jackson is out doing stuff all day. You know, so if if I took like, for instance, Apollo, if Apollo had to go everywhere with me, if I was running errands, doing all these things and Apollo went everywhere with me, that would, that would be a lot, you know? And, but since they don't, since there are actual, you know, they, they do get activity. I would say six out of seven days. I like to have at least one day where everyone is just chill. But um, if I'm sick, you know, then that's a day when they don't really get a whole lot of exercise. you know, and so I just want, I've had too many years where, you know, the, the, the sun comes out and one of my dogs is severely overweight. I mean, and when I first started feeding oh, no. raw, yeah, when I first started feeding raw, two of my dogs, like I think Rodrigo, he was like 75 pounds. When I got the weight off of him, he mm-hmm. was 60 pounds. Oh, wow. So, so he, he was 15. 15 pounds overweight. Sydney. She was, she was the same. Sydney was, they were, I mean, that's, that's a whole dog. Wow. wow. That I got off of them. And I didn't get this off of them because of raw feeding. Because people will say, oh, well, you feed raw, the weight will drop off. No, because you can still overfeed with raw. Anything. Yes, yeah. you can overfeed and then anything. There's, there's the treats. You're still giving treats and you're still, so I had to make an active um, plan of really thinking about what my dogs do the same thing with me and what I do. I think about what I ate during the day to determine if I'm going to have that, you know, I don't know, this treat later on, because it's like, and I have to do that with my dogs too. It's like, if 
there's a treat for them to have. It's like, I'm, I may be taking something and break it into pizzas because you guys had a lot of food today. So my little dog, he's a, he's a Corgi and he's about 20 pounds, which is small for a Corgi. And he's uh, eight months old, but he runs up and down. He has a, he, he does the zoomies. <laughs> where he's just running around running around so I actually don't have to take him out on walks and things like that because he is getting his own little exercise <laughs> all on his own so I'm loving it I wish well actually if my dogs were doing that we our whole house would fall apart uh -huh, yeah you have big dogs yeah and I've, <laughs> I've learned that like Bella you know Rod or Apollo is easy um Bella is very particular about where she wants to walk. So I have to take her someplace to walk her. And if she doesn't get a walk in, um, come nine, 10 o'clock at night, she is either laying on the ground with the squeaker ball in her mouth and just squeaking it. Yes, I have. <laughs> or she's trying to get Apollo to play with her. And so she'll just stand over Apollo and hit him and bark at him. But wow. she's... Yeah, she, she'll be like an angel where it's like, oh, well, it's okay. She didn't get her walk, but look at her. She's doing okay, but she gets a second wind at 10 o'clock. And it's just like, okay, this is problematic. She's a baby. Uh <laughs> she is. She's a year and a half now. Wow. What you this got? Is our, this is our summary music for Dr. Craig. I can't hear a thing. Yeah, I can't hear it. Nice try. I tried. I tried. I it was yeah. adorable. I tried. Summary time. Okay. <laughs> oh, summary time. So, <laughs> so uh, and so, yes, if you Google it, it does say that obesity is the number one problem in dogs, but we as humans are contributing to that. And uh, obesity can lead to diabetes because dogs do get diabetes. They can lead to uh, osteoarthritis, especially in your larger dogs. You do not want them to be overweight because mm -hmm. it is hard on their bones. Yes. So that's my summary I, I on have, that one. Yeah, I have a 10-year-old and that's, I'm very particular about her. I'm so grateful because she's, I want to get her down to 65 pounds and she's at 67. So I'm really happy that we'll get that two pound mark. Yep. Yep. Get two it. pounds. Get it off. Okay. Get now it we're off. going to go over to chapter three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kimberly wants to discuss her new find. So mm -hmm. I'll let her go ahead and. I will. I'm so excited. I learned about a cancer screening test. It's an at-home cancer screening test by Oncotech. And um, it's a urine urine test. It's just for dogs only right now because it's hard to capture urine from cats. So it's, whereas I'm not going to try. But it can be done. It can be done. That's what I've heard. Yes. Or you can just take your cat to the vet and they can do it. But um, I I can, can't do urine with my dogs all day long. I've gotten really good at it. I have a special assigned ladle that I use and a special assigned cup that I pour it in. I know how to do it. So the second the kit arrived, I went out and captured some urine from Zoe. I decided I'm I want to screen Apollo as well. What I like about the kit is that yes, it could be like if you're worried that your dog might have cancer, you can have a screening. It's not going to necessarily diagnose, 
or tell you what type of cancer or anything like that. It's just going to tell you whether or not what the probability is based on um, how the nematodes respond to the urine. And that's me being a non-scientist trying to explain that worms can smell something, can smell the cancer cells in urine and tell you, oh, something's happening. So, um, but I'm pretty excited about it. I decided to to test Zoe because she's 10 years old. She already had a cancer scare in 2022, but it was benign. But, you know, it the risk increases with senior dogs. So I figure she's the best one to test. And I want to test Apollo next because I know that golden retrievers have a high instance of cancer diagnosis. And he's only 50%, but we got to so test him. Don't laugh at me. And I okay. don't know why I put that out there because you're all going to laugh. <laughs> um, you know, when I hear about tests like this, it kind of makes me, I see it in the same vein as like Cologuard, you know, the colon test that comes oh, in yeah. a box that's dropped off at your door. And I'll never forget my sister-in-law um, who was in her 70s decided that she was going to skip going for a colonoscopy and she was going to do the colon guard thing. And it was hell for all of us because it came back with this 96% chance that, you know, you have colon cancer. Mm -hmm. And then her doctor, maybe he was angry that she paid for that and didn't come in, but there was this long lapse of time before she could have the colonoscopy. So it was like once a week she was you know, having a meltdown, long story short, didn't even have a polyp, fine. Okay, then you, you know, started looking into the small teeny tiny print on the back of page four that stuck to the bottom <laughs> of the box. <laughs> and it kind of gives you the averages and stuff like that. Um, so I'd be interested in what your results are, uh, Kimberly. But then my other question is, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Suzanne, uh, is there a certain degree of cancer screening done with the senior panel blood work during an annual or no? So what that does is it uh, the the senior panel panel annual looks at any alterations in any of the organ systems, but it does not actually diagnose cancer. Okay. Well, not necessarily diagnose cancer, but would it not show abnormalities in some form or fashion that would lead a vet to want to then explore Do some more some testing? Other Absolutely. Testing? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but there are some uh, blood tests that uh, veterinarians can do. And there's uh, two companies that uh, have done additional testing and they try to weed out those false positives that can occur. Um, they have a high, high level of specificity. So those are the tests that we would do in the veterinary clinic. Now I'm not familiar walked, with a urine test at all. You walked right into my next question because I don't know, Kimberly, what the, your kit cost, but I would envision it would be cheaper yes. than going for the blood yeah. test with the veterinarian and, if and you're I just think trying to get a baseline. They also acknowledge that. And I think the what I like about this test and the reason why I wanted to try it is that this is not in place of going to the vet. 
Mm-hmm. This when in order to activate this, you know, they make you activate it simpler, like when you do the dog DNA test and all that. Mm-hmm. In order to activate it, you have to add your vet clinic to mm-hmm. it with their contact information, their email address. And so I checked with my vet clinic and they got the email that I put this in and they're taking it seriously. I told them I'm doing this for a review and they're like, we're taking this seriously. And we'll find, they like, did you get the urine? Did Were you able to do that? And because if you need to come in and we can do it for you. But I was like, nope, I got it. Got it taken care of. So I'm going to put it in the mail tomorrow. But it's more um, for, you know, just peace of, to me, I look at it as it's more for peace of mind. It's about 85% accurate. But again, it's not going to tell you like stages. It's not going to tell you you're at stage four. It's going to no, tell you, it's not. you know, <laughs> yeah. things look good. Mm, we sort of see something or we need you to get to the vet. And then they are calling your vet, you know, at um, at the worst case scenario, they're going to call your vet and they're going to call you and make sure everything gets set up. But the reason why they want your vet as part of it is because they want to make sure that you follow up and they want to have this on record so that you can, so I can, I can basically test Zoe twice a year if I wanted to. If you have a dog that has um, high risk of cancer, like a breed, you can use this to test your dog. If your dog had cancer and survived cancer, maybe you want to go back and test and see where your dog is. I mean, and it's because I'm that type of person where my vet can tell me your dog is fine all day long, but then I find myself on the internet. And before you know it, I've convinced myself my dog is dying and there's, it's not sure. so cheap that I'm going to be ordering kid after kid after kid. It's not like a pregnancy test, but um, it's affordable enough that I think a lot of people will find it valuable so that, well, you know. Yeah, that was my next question. Um, if it's affordable, because I know blood tests or anything that's living is not necessarily inexpensive. And so that's the, um, the other thing I, I wanted to know. But now- I watched the vet tech capture urine for Jackson. And I was like, huh, I could do that. So, you know, when you buy pastries at the grocery store and it comes in those clear plastic snap things, you know, that open Oh, up? yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So imagine one big enough for four like breakfast muffins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend came out with one of those. That's big. Held the held the lid. You see, and then when Jackson went to pee, she just put it under there. And I was like, "Okay, see, you gave me some little small contraption that I was going to have to be rubber gloved up to here." I use a ladle. I mean, and I got that idea from a vet that did it. I just Mm -hmm. with Zoe. I know, I know her peeing style, and she always goes and she just squats, and I'm right behind her, and I just scoop it up there, capture just enough you know, to fill the ladle and I carefully pull it back. When I first started doing this, it was horrible because the dog would get startled, be like, what you doing back there and knock Uh it over and I'm spilling the pee into the grass. And I'm like, damn Uh it, I got to do it again tomorrow. But now I'm an old pro at it. I can get it. (laughs) I think it's easier to do the girls and the boys with the boys you have to be on the side, like on the side where they're peeing. And since Boys can go like on the left or the right. If you're not positioned correctly, you end up missing it all. So girls Girl, are a you lot have easier. to learn to become one with the tree. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
You have to be one <laughs> with the tree. But yeah, My goodness. I, I mean, the, the kit is, I looked it up. It's $250, which to me is, is spendy. I think it's worth it for. How, like, how many tests in a kit? One. Okay. So, so that the, is, that this, is. This is pretty spendy. Cause it's like for $250, I can actually, that's the, that's can... the price of my wellness check. Yeah, and you the, might the actually be stuff. able to get um, the the blood test done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would ask to see if the vet would be willing to work with you to do the blood tests as well. Mm-hmm. And then you can have a side-by-side comparison. That's actually a really good idea because I got yeah. this, yeah. you know, I got this for in exchange for the review. So I can use the money to go. That would be a really good idea. I'll yeah. 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 Good, good to know. And, um, right. So with the human one, a uh, human, oh my gosh, with the one that they send out, I don't believe they'll do mast cell tumors. I don't know what uh, your urine test one this does. One, it, covers. it detects lymphoma, hemangiosarcoma, mast cell yeah. tumor. It does. It does. Yeah. Mast cell. And okay. then like a fourth one that I cannot remember, but it's like, it was like either three common ones or four common ones. and. It does. I'm sure I can find probably not osteoarthritis either. I'm not arthritis. That's the wrong one. Osteosarcoma. It probably doesn't do the bone one either. I'm wondering if because it wouldn't. I don't see it coming through the urine. Yeah, I'm looking to see on the website if it if it quickly tells you, but it doesn't quickly tell me. Okay. But. But I'm I'm really curious about this. I I my thought was that it Kimberly, you have every right to be curious about anything that pertains to Absolutely. cancer. Yeah, but I am I am curious about it. Yeah, and also, yeah, because I've had two cancer cases. And then technically, you know, Rodrigo, you know, cancer took him too. But I don't feel as heartbroken about that because he lived 13 and a half years. I mean, I would have loved to have him live 16 and a half years, but he, he, he beat all the odds. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm really curious if this is something, it'll be interesting to see if this is something that takes off. What I like about it is that um, if it does take off, I, I can see that the cost may go down if more, you know, cause like mm-hmm. dog DNA tests used to be very expensive. Now you can get one for less than $100. And not only is it less than $100, you're getting the health information. You're getting, you're connected with their siblings. I mean, the dog DNA tests of today are far superior to the ones of 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And and the databases are so filled. So, and and you can, you know, when they go on sale, you can get them for anywhere, you know, between you know, maybe eighty-five to one hundred dollars, all the way up to one hundred and forty, depending upon what you're going to get. But um, I always DNA test my dogs now and put the veterinarians on the account so they have access to the information. And like when Scout had cancer, they used the Embark test to determine like what drugs he could and couldn't have, and all oh, of that. Okay. And it saved me money because they didn't have to test them for these things because it was already included in his dog DNA information. So I'm hoping to see um, that that's the same with um, this test, that over time, it'll be a lot more common because they're also, you can get it through the vet clinic. 
that's how it started. They started by working with vets directly. And if a vet, for instance, if a dog is sick and they just cannot figure out what's going on and nothing else is coming up is problematic, they would do the Oncotech test and that'll give them a direction to go in. And even if like the test comes back as something might be up, it's it's just a clue for the veterinarian to do like a full on exam. Like this is where I'm going to start examining. I'm going to check these things out. Um, it's not so much to say um, your dog is going to die. Right. So uh, we have this uh, piece of equipment. Uh, it's called an HT Vista, and it's used for uh, superficial gross lumps and bumps that you see on the skin. Uh, you shave it. You put this. Uh, 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 it's not a laser, but it anyway, you put this thing on it and um, it basically will tell you benign or further investigation oh, nice. is required. So um, I like using that piece yeah. of equipment um, for any of the lumps and bumps that come through the clinic. Yeah, I, I, I massage my dogs. Well, I mean, I'm petting them all the time, but I do active massages where I make notes of mm-hmm. where lumps and bumps are and if they feel like they've changed in size or anything like that but yeah I love it because it's non-invasive just like catching urine is non-invasive yeah so so I'm I'll I'll let you know what because apparently the the test results come back in five days well that's fast five business days that's still good yeah so well I should say five business days from them getting it so it has to get there first and then they get Listen, five. Do you people. overnight it? Um, no, but it comes in a package. It's UPS ground. Okay. Ooh, and it goes to Raleigh, North Carolina. These there are people waiting for pathology reports, and it takes up to 10 to two weeks, 10 days. Two weeks. Week. Yep. That's what I tell people. So two this weeks. Is, this is really good news. Yeah. Well, we're, we're they gonna... said they wanted to make it fast because they figure if someone is doing something like that, they're probably already heightened. And, mm-hmm. and a little stressed out. Well, so not only that, but there's a concern. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. let's hurry up and 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 figure out what the is. next steps are. So. For sure. All right. So we're going to move on to our last chapter, chapter four. Okay. And um, Dr. Craig, I yes. know that you stay very active with um, AVMA and mm-hmm. follow um, along and participate in a lot of their um, conferences. Have you heard any buzz about climate change and or global warming being a contributing factor to this seems to be rise across the the, the country with environmental allergies? So I haven't heard it um, at the AVMA level, but uh, we have seen cases where individuals are now suffering from allergies when they have never suffered from allergies before. And yes, it probably has to do with some climate change or whatever the the word of the day is. Yeah, that's why I use both of them. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so individuals are having to use um, drugs like uh, Apoquil and the injection like Cytopoint on a more frequent basis. We're seeing that happening more and more. Um, it is fortunately giving them some relief. But now they're having to 
have to take Apoquil all year round or they have to get the Cytopoint shot once a month. And, you know, these, so it's a thing. It's definitely happening. Well, you know, I've always, um, I've always thanked Kimberly because I think that was probably part of the foundation of our um, relationship. She was so knowledgeable to my lack of knowledge with supplements and, you know, doing holistic things to improve the gut and strengthen the gut. And, you know, Jax is at this pivotal point where based on the regiment that I have him on with daily pause and, and, you know, soon to be some other products, I could be making that, that shift. We're doing the side point sometimes eight, nine, 10 weeks apart. You yeah. know, um, so I'm hoping that this is not getting worse as we're about to get to a point where this may only have to be done um, twice a year, you know, mm-hmm. or three times a year. Uh, so, and I've watched the insurance companies change how they're reimbursing, you know, because oh, that's yeah. considered a chronic, um, you know. Oh, condition. really? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't have time to talk about insurance um companies it's just they're all the devil i'm sorry um but yeah so i was just wondering if you had heard anything yeah about um, that yeah not not at the avma uh level it's definitely anecdotal it makes sense though it really does because we don't have true seasons anymore where certain things you know kimberly still does she still has brutal winters and yeah, lots of not rain. Not this year. <laughs> well, not, see, that's it was mild. It's that's scary. I am like yeah. nervous about it. We've had snow, but our snow, like we had snow in the morning and I was so excited. And by six hours later, it was gone. I mean, wow. we've had we've had dustings of snow um, Kimberly, a couple of times. In a seven day period, we went three days going all the way down to 29 degrees. And before that week was over, we were at 78 degrees in a seven day period. It Mm -hmm. was bizarre. And that's when I got sick. But it it was absolutely a little bit all over the place here. Yeah. I mean, I honestly it's funny because I had someone ask me today in in the live if raw feeding would. um, I mean, this isn't allergies, but it's similar if raw feeding would help their dog's back pain. And, and it's funny because I had to explain that the, the idea is feeding fresh food because it's more bioavailable. It's not, it's not inflammatory the way grains can be, you know, so it's not going to exacerbate the pain, but it's not necessarily, it's not going to make the pain go away. Mm-hmm. And there's still things that you need to do. And it's the same thing with allergies. Feeding fresh food may not get rid of the allergies, especially if you don't know what the trigger is. You have to figure out what the trigger is and make an adjustment. And there are going to be some times when you're not going to be able to avoid the trigger because it's just out in the in the life and you can't put your dog in a bubble. And I think the thing that disappoints me the most, and you know, this is just a social media thing, but I hear from people who are terrified of conventional medications because they're being told that look at the side effects. This is going to poison. This is going to kill your dog. This does this. This does that. And not understanding that none of these medications were intentionally meant for our dogs or humans to live on for the rest of their lives. No. It's supposed to give us relief. 
You're, you still need to be doing the work to figure out what's going on and making adjustments. With Rodrigo, he was my dog that had the allergies. I switched him to raw food. I never had to give him prescription medication, but um, I did have to, you know, like wash his paws mm-hmm. when he came in on a radio, you know, under just paying attention and understanding what was happening when he was licking his paws a lot. Like what happened that day that didn't happen another day and just yeah. figuring out and making adjustments to give him the relief that he needed and being willing to, cause mm-hmm. I was willing to give him medication if it came to that. Thankfully for him, it it never, you know, cause he, he stopped getting the ear infections and, and things like that. So thankfully for him working on his gut health and to build his immune system, that's something that helped. But when I look around the country and I see people whose dogs are just truly like they're losing hair, they're mm. truly suffering. The idea that social media has scared these people away from giving their dogs some relief is um, sad to me because it's like, well, don't forget now when we first started this three mm-hmm. years ago and we would talk about um, allergies and they were targeted really at Harley and Jackson because I'm doing everything I can. We were bringing people on to talk about it. We got a lot of comments from people who were saddened to hear that, you know, Harley took Apriquil and mm-hmm. um, Jax was on the side of point. And I get that. Um, but sometimes if you're not walking in my shoes, if you're not living where I am and, mm-hmm. you know, dogs like people, there are people who could eat anything they want all day long and never gain any weight. And then there's people like me and we're just going to park that there. But (laughs) um, everybody to include, you know, our dogs, our genetic makeup is different. And I would love to have not had to do that, but you have to watch your dog suffer Mm -hmm. gnawing at his leg and scratching and, and all of that to realize that something has to be done. And yeah. so we do the very best we can and do the research, but but supporting one another and having people like Dr. Craig come on, you know, to chit chat with us periodically. Um, hopefully that does help. And that's, so that's where I want to be. So that book. week when it was 28 degrees and then it ended up at 78 degrees, mm-hmm. uh, there was actually pollen that was released during yes. that week. As well. And of course, pollen comes from very different di- varieties. They have oak, they have maple, I, you know, it's just all kinds of pollen. And there's some dogs that are allergic to one v- variety of tree pollen versus another variety of plant pollen. Anyway, uh, there were some outbreaks. Yeah. yeah. We had, it was 30 degrees, Kimberly, and it was raining and we had thunder. Bizarre. <laughs> So Lee said, I was going past the um, front of the house. He said, look out the window. I said, for what? He said, locusts. I said, boy, you locusts. <laughs> I said, boy, you crazy. Um, well, we are out of time because um, I'm also the timekeeper. And so um, anything you would like to say, Suzanne, in parting? We'd love to have you come back. You know that. Oh, this this has been very enjoyable and um, happy to be here and looking forward to working with you all again. Good, good. 
Kimberly, I dare not I, I got to ask you. I'm good. What? I talked, I talked enough. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Well, thank you guys. It's wonderful seeing you both. Um, bye, Gracie. Bye, Gracie. Thank you.